Hello and welcome to today's episode of Pub Chat. I'm your host, Colin Enquist. I'm here with my co-host, Adrian Trimble. Hello. And today we have a very special guest. The other half of Internet Boyfriends is finally joining us, Joey Heflick. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. How are you guys? I'm all right. I'm really pumped to drink this beer. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're drinking Green Flash Brewing's Double Stout. And it's a 8.8%. Okay, first of all, can I just interject? It says Double Stout and then underneath that it says Black Ale. Yeah, yeah what con- the hell is this? I was a little confused by that too. Which is it? Uh, let's just say... Let's see what their website says. <laughs> I'm going with Stout because that's what the liquor store had it as. I'm going with Stout because that's what Untapped says. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it looks like. I like the label. Very nice. Very nice you label. You have the new label. We actually yeah. have the old label. Yeah, not only do we have the old label, apparently these are best before next week. Yeah, our, our bottles we've been saving for a while. Perfect timing. So, yeah, yeah I kind of looked at the best before date and was a little surprised that it is going to go bad next week, apparently. Yeah. They make this in San Diego. It doesn't smell bad. Yeah, the brewery started in 2002 in Vista, California, and they moved moved to San Diego, I think it was 2011 or 2010, and they actually just broke ground on their new brewery in Virginia Beach today. Wow. Wow. So they're, That's good timing. They're not necessarily one of the biggest craft breweries in the States, but I would imagine they're in crack, they've cracked the top 100. They oh, really yeah. like small things in San Diego. San Diego's uh, most concentration of, or most small farms in any county in, in uh, San Diego. Okay. They make, gua- what the hell do they make? Gua- uh, avocados. Guatemala, is it? No, avocados they make there. I love avocados. I like, the, Sa- I like San Diego even more. <laughs> yeah, there you go. If you love, uh, love avocados and small farms, that's basically the place to go. Or the <laughs> Navy. Because uh, I I, th- I think I think in San Diego the number one employer is the Navy. It's a big Navy town. It has the um the hell's that Anthropology Museum? Oh, the Museum of Man, uh, which was in Citizen Kane. It was Xanadu in Citizen Kane. Okay, interesting. Um, this looks like an Imperial Stout, and it does not look like a Black Ale. Their website, although it says we've explored 19th century Britain British stout recipes, and call it a stout in the description, it still says black ale on the side where they have the styles. It it looks like a stout. It smells like a stout, and kind of tastes like a stout. Tastes like a stout, yeah. Mm. Nice and chocolatey. I like it. Yeah, it's good. I'm actually kind of surprised considering ours is a little older, so I would expect the booziness to, to kind of calm down a bit. And it, There's still a good little bite. It's, there's still a good little bite of that alcohol. Yeah, I that's I like it. I like it. It's it's creamy, I guess. I don't know. It is. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of coffee. Creamy, but it has a bite to it. Yeah. Some caramel, a little bit of toasted something in there. Yeah, a little bit of those dark fruits like the plum and mm-hmm. prunes. Yummy. It is quite tasty. Good thing we got another bottle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had any of their other stuff? Maybe. Um, I feel like I have had a few things. You've you've before. definitely had the freak. I've had this before. Well, Green Flash is one of those that's... I mean, I travel a little bit in the States, and it's available in a lot of different places. It's yeah, I think they're available in 20 different states, and it's all, like, the northern states. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they've kind of gone south yet. Right. Um, I've had a few of those. The West Coast IPA, which is retired. Um, Palette Wrecker. Barley Wine. Green Bullet. Their Saison. 
Oh, I have had the barley wine. Mm-hmm. What about you, Joey? Have you had any of their stuff before? I've never had any of their stuff before. Okay. There you go. They, I, I actually hadn't even heard of them until you guys mentioned to pick them up, so glad that you said something. Well, I guess now that they have an East Coast brewery in Virginia Beach that's going to open up, you'll Where is that in Virginia? I'm assuming in Virginia. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I guess. <laughs> so what are we talking about today, Colin? I don't know what we're talking about today. <laughs> my, my notes was politics, economics, and cheese. So Politics, economics, and cheese is a good way of describing a lot of the early episodes of Internet Boyfriends before we just kind of gave up on having any sort of format. Is but, that why you chose those three words to describe what you want to talk about? <laughs> well, see, the thing is, is that those are the three topics that we do talk about a lot on Internet Boyfriends, but we always delete those episodes. Anytime we talk about any any episode that even remotely gets anywhere near economics, cheese, politics, those three things, we just automatically say, fuck it, can't, we can't run this one. Like, there, there was a 45-minute a episode I had where I explained how the government worked to Ryan uh, because of the government shutdown here in America, and we cut it. We were, I was just like, I can't fucking do this, because, I don't know, I'm just... I, why? I would have listened. Yeah, why, why, why not? Be- okay, because... At the time, on Air Boyfriends, I thought that it'd be a really bad idea to go with because I'm, suppo- I'm supposed to be the the comic foil to him, I guess, because Ryan's kind of the straight man on Internet Boyfriends and in life as well. He's yeah, he's good. usually mm-hmm. he's very calm, he, like pe- well, at least okay. His exterior, what he portrays through the world through things like Twitter, he's very calm, very nice, uh, level-headed guy. He's very staid. Yes. That's true. What, we've, we've riled up Ryan a few times. Oh, it's yeah. super easy to do. I do it every day. <laughs> like, that's, that's my fucking... That's, like, that's, that's just a, ho- like a hobby now at this point. It's just something I do. So, but, I, but at the same time, I'm not really that guy, I guess. I'm not... I, I, I will admit that I, I feel like I kind of play a character sometimes on Internet Boyfriends, which is, doesn't make any sense because, like, ten people listen to that podcast. But <laughs> I, 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 I play a character of what I sort of was at the tail end of college of where I was a lot more verbose and angry about things and I get worked up about stuff and, and, and stuff like that. Whereas in, in real life, I'm very, very uh, passive. I spent like really internet boyfriends is still happening because once or twice a week, I have to have a conversation with Ryan. It's basically just like a bunch of people just pushing over a garbage truck full of ideas. And, and that's, that's me. Like I'm the garbage truck full of ideas and Ryan just shoves me over and shit goes everywhere. And and that's the podcast. Um, like, uh, Oh, uh, what was I going to say? Two episodes ago. Well, no, one episode ago, Kieran, Kieran was on one episode ago, right? For you guys. Yeah. Yes. That's right. You talk about apps. It was last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You guys were talking about uh, passive aggressive message statuses or status messages on MSN Messenger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and as I'm listening to the podcast, I started saying to Ryan, and then just started talking to myself, explaining why that happens. Uh, because I did a lot of research into it myself, just because I have that kind of like that's the like I find something that's interesting to me, and I just do hours and hours of research on it because I used to be a writer. And so now I don't write anything really and all that research just goes to waste until every once in a while Ryan will say like a, a mess – like he'll message me or he'll say like the word of the day or something and I'll just vomit out like a string of information. <laughs> like uh, in particular with the the uh, the 
aggressive or the passive aggressive status messages, it's because kids don't really um, they don't really understand public and private yet. And and you, as a teenager, you're still trying to understand a public space versus a private space. So when you put up a status message, it is sort of a public space because everyone can see your status message in the same way that if you just like yelled out in the cafeteria at your high school, if you yelled something out, a whole bunch of people could hear you. It's a public space. But at the same time, you tend to think of those. Uh, online interactions as sort of a private space as well because it's something that keeps you away from parents and teachers and the like certainly not the NSA or or anybody who's in charge of like uh, uh, gathering a bunch of data on the internet because you're not really thinking about that you're not thinking about the, the government spying on you you're thinking about your parents spying on you so in order to put up a message or in order to put up a message that not a whole lot of people understand or like uh uh, uh Kids tend to focus on a specific subset of potential readers, and they pick things like, say, uh, lyrics to songs. And if you know the song and I know the song, and there's a specific meaning to that song, or the song has a specific tone or a theme, uh, you and I can share that information freely. But if my mom or your dad or whoever's parents see that or someone outside of our social circle sees that and they don't get the joke sort of thing, they don't really get the information. And it's easy for, if say, if a teacher sees it and it's like, oh, you know, here's this thing that I didn't like, you know, you use the f word or, or something you know you did something wrong uh well no i didn't mean that you know or or oh i copied and pasted that and it was a mistake you know you can always kind of back away from it kids are, are big on that, especially now kids on facebook teens nowadays on nowadays on facebook are really big on uh kind of obscuring what they mean uh because it's 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 something that a lot of kids tend to save what other kids uh say on facebook and then use it in arguments later so they tend to get more and more like it's it's like an arms race like a verbal arms race like a, a Oh, I mean, that even crosses over into, like, photo sharing apps like Instagram. Some of the, like, my little cousins are posting photos that I'm like, really? You're, like, 12 and you're posting that? Like, I, yeah. I, I don't I don't quite get it, but uh, you're right. They haven't figured out that private-public kind of differ- differentiation, I guess. I am pleased to say that I have no teenagers on my Facebook, <laughs> <laughs> my Instagram, or I believe my Twitter account. <laughs> I know, I'm, I know none of them. I know, no, I know, I know zero teenagers. But I don't know any. I don't have any cousins or anything. Yeah, my age. all my cousins are older. So yeah. yeah, I don't really know any teenagers. But this is just something that I, I found out one day, and I was like, "Hey, that's awesome. Let me do some research on that." And I probably spent like forty hours <laughs> figuring all this out. I'm like, I could, I could fucking go the whole this whole episode of me just be talking about how teenagers use the internet. Just fucking hours and hours I can go off on that because I spent hours and hours researching it. Okay. But that's not what this podcast is about. So, this, Well, we're just about, about just about anything, really. Yeah. Okay, going about the politics thing, I'm glad you said the thing about the government shutdown because I don't understand how that works. Like, how okay. can the government just stop working one day? And I, and I don't get, like, how you have to vote to spend money you've already spent, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. It really short, really, really straightforward. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need the 45-minute version. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not going to give you the 45 minute version. Very, very short and to the point. Uh, our Congress says this is what the budget's going to be for the year, and then we hit that budget, and then the Congress says, "Oh, well, you know, we hit the budget. Well, okay, here's a little more money." And then they go back to Congress again. They say, "We ran out of money. Okay, here's a little more money," and they just keep doing that uh, because it's a political bargaining chip, basically. Is that every once in a while you can just say like, no, I don't feel like extending the budget because for whatever reason, and then we have a government shutdown. Because if there's no money in the budget to pay people, you can't obviously have the government open. Right, so. right. And so they close parks and 
fucking it's it's a mess. It's a huge mess. It's very stupid. It's all political bullshit that really doesn't matter. Uh, but it's something that affects people and yeah, and really met. What's that? Something that affects people in a big way, but is kind of for a dumb reason. Yes. Yeah. Because we basically know what the budget's going to be. Like, it's something that you can, I mean, economists project that shit and they can say like, yeah, it's going to be this. And Congress is aware of that. But at the same time, they don't want to, they don't want to extend it too much. They don't want to go, you don't want to go too crazy because the other thing too is that in in America, we have this issue of uh, some people want to spend and some people don't. Uh, And that tends to be an issue because that's a big political issue here in America is that conservatives tend to want to keep the budget very small because they believe in small government and Democrats tend to want to, or the uh, Democrats want the budget to be big. I, I shouldn't say that, prog- I want to say progressives because I said conservatives before, I want to say progressives, but it's more Democrats. Not all, con- not all progressives are, well, it's not all conservatives that way. It's just, I don't know. It's just, a re- I guess you could say Republicans want a small budget. The Democrats want a big budget. And then everyone's on some sort of spectrum, uh, sort of making that, um, decision on their own so we're very weird that way like our, our congress is our congress is uh, a really big part of everyone's lives here in america and yet nobody votes <laughs> nobody votes <laughs> nobody gives a shit and nobody, uh, knows how nobody it works. cares so and nobody knows how it works no well because in order to know how things work in america you'd have to take a civics class you'd probably have to learn about history and things like that to sort of figure out why these things are the way that they are and yeah. then, well, I might, that's it's funny you mention that because I'm taking an American history class in school, um, and we're studying um, like from basically the War of Independence right till the present day. So we've gone through kind of how this parliament, you know, the whole system got formed, and it was a combination of we want to have lots of checks and balances because we don't trust government, and we don't want it to be like the British system because we don't like the British. Yeah, what, give or take. What made you take an American history class? Because I don't know anything about American history. Because we didn't study it in school in Britain. Okay. So and uh, you know, like I live right next door. <laughs> it, it's actually it's it's really not a bad thing to learn. As much as I I can again, that's another fucking six podcasts of me saying how I really dislike my own country. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's it's something that's a good thing to learn because a lot of other countries emulate America in a lot of different ways and, yeah. for, for, and for lots of different reasons too. So by knowing our history, you can kind of look at how other – in the same way that you can kind of look back to like the Magna Carta and, and follow that and say like, okay, this is why these things happen. You can look at the American, uh, American independence uh, and our constitution and, and sort of the way our, our government work and uh where our, our legal system works uh and you can kind of really even our even our economic policy you can look at how our economic policy works and you can see a lot of people emulate that hell it's what uh i wanted to say pegging i shouldn't i shouldn't say pegging because just in case anyone googles that don't google pegging <laughs> it's not what you think it is and Adrian's certainly nothing related to economics right now. <laughs> yeah uh it, informally i guess it's known as pegging uh when you peg your currency to the american dollar if the american dollar goes up then your your currency goes up and the american dollar goes down it goes down so that's something there's a lot of countries that do that as well so yeah so uh, out of curiosity since adrian's taking an american history course is it an option for you to take a Canadian history course? Or you just Ever. you just learn everything through Ryan. 
Absolutely. Uh, okay, first off, <laughs> I said something today to Ryan about Canadian history, and he had no fucking clue. What I, or he kind of knew what I was talking about, and then we had maybe like a half an hour conversation about it. So uh, I tend to go off on my own. I read, I read a lot about Canada and, and things like that. It's because, again, it's just another thing that I see, and I'm like, oh, I wonder why that's the case. We, we have one kid in our class who's taking it. Uh, he's American, and he's taking it because he wants to get a more balanced view on what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, yeah, but I, I don't really know if you guys are that hard on us when it comes to history. So. Not really. The only thing is, the only I think the the big sticking point is the War of eighteen twelve. Any Canadian, <laughs> any Canadian yeah. will tell you that Canada won, and I think I mean really, if you look at it, nobody did. Well, yeah, I don't know. People can win wars and not conquer countries. Yes. Yeah, but the thing is, is that America, I guess, well, I guess you could say Canada won a little bit because America started out, <laughs> America started out by saying, hey, we want Canada and didn't get it. So I guess, but at the same time, Canadians didn't win the War of 1812 because there wasn't a Canada. And most of the people who fought it went back to Britain afterwards. Yeah, well, but that's, that's not necessarily different than how most wars work we tend to go home after the war is over and disperse in all our different ways so i mean right I, right but what i'm saying I'm, well, is I'll, I'll give it to you guys i'll give it to you <laughs> <laughs> or at least i'll give it to colin colin can have it <laughs> i'm not fighting for it adrian's the one fighting for it <laughs> no i'm not saying it i'm not saying it's it's either way it's just it's interesting how you know americans either would not have heard of the war of 1812 um or would assume that the states won and Really, I mean, Canada, I guess, maybe won a little bit, but not really. I, th- I think a lot of Americans do have a fair idea or like, a, or, or kind of a vague idea of the War of 1812 because they equate that with the time those random – like whoever we were fighting in the War of 1812, <laughs> according to most Americans, is, is when they burned down the, the, White, the White House. House. They burned right. – burn, see, right. yeah, that's, think, that's a big thing for Americans. The, like exe- any, any, the executive mansion. I think that's the only thing most people know about the War of 1812, to be honest. Yeah, probably. Yeah, is the White House got burned down. Like other than that, if that didn't happen, that war didn't exist. <laughs> that's, that's basically – Every American war, every American event that's happened since there was an America, it's it's basically a bullet point type thing that you learn in high school. Uh, whether it, oh, they burn down because it's, I mean, multiple choice. It's like a multiple choice exam. Like what happened in the War of eighteen twelve? Like oh, burn down. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, so yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about that, Joey? <laughs> How do I feel about door. we burned down the White House? <laughs> it was actually I'm the British. F- well, the British. Well, you know. I'm fine with it because I am kind of, I shouldn't want to say I'm happy because that's the wrong, that's going to get me on some sort of watch list if I say that. Uh, it's, it's something that it's, it's part of history. It's a part of history. I generally, I, I try not to really think too hard about the morality and the, the situations uh, that made history because if I do, it's going to be really bad really fast. So because there's yeah. really is there any reason to burn down anyone's house no <laughs> you dicks <laughs> doesn't matter who, doesn't matter who lived in that house like there's no why did they burn dc why did they do it's, it's, it's war and eh, you know just one of those things that's actually that's actually what i want to talk to you guys about on this podcast what which was uh i i'm turning 30 next two weeks from now I two weeks from it. today actually I'm turning 30. you don't look a day over 25 thank you Thank I you. Not realize you were older than me. Yeah, I've been older than you. I've been older than you for a while now. 
what, 29 and a bit years. Yeah. About that, yeah. And we also, I also met Joey for the first time four years ago, almost to the day. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Man, this is fantastic timing for this episode. Yeah. Smash Brewery's getting built. You met me. Everything's everything's working out great. (laughs) He showed me where the best street meet in New York was. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I don't. We didn't get the best street meet in New York. We, we had we tried. second best. Yeah. We had second best, I think, and and that's okay. It's okay being second best because second best in New York is pretty fucking good compared to most places. So. It was three in the morning and I was absolutely hammered, so I don't really. It was kind of blurry. <laughs> I vaguely remember us sitting on someone's hotel room floor. Yeah. I want to say George and John and all of them. Yeah, no, I was in the same. I was in the same hotel as them. Yeah, yeah, sitting on the floor of their, their hotel room, just, like, shoveling in food. And once everyone smelled it, they're like, you motherfuckers, that smells delicious. Like, yes, yes, it is. You should have got some. Because everyone's got to be all high and mighty about not eating food from some dude in the street. So I had some. It was delicious. I, why wouldn't you eat food from some dude in the street? Okay, what That's... was it you wanted to talk to us about? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Internet Boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so back when I was in my early 20s, uh, I was very uh, – I, I drank a lot. I did a lot of drugs. I was a pack-a-day smoker. I was, was like the worst citizen anyone could ever imagine. And that's why yeah. like this, this – that, that kind of got the ball rolling and the gears turning, uh, talking about how people are bad citizens and need to take a civics class because I was the worst. I was the worst. Like early 20s, I was the worst person in the history of bad things. And – I listened to a lot of punk music. Uh, I, I threw a lot of ice and random shit out of third story windows. Um, <laughs> I was really angry at everyone because my parents didn't love me and I was very pissed off at everyone about that. Uh, so like around like 24, 25 years old, uh, I, I was uh, studying. Uh, well, okay. So when I was 20, when I was in my early twenties, I was studying computer programming and uh, cognitive psychology. And then I switched schools because I did three and a half years out of four years and figured, fuck it, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> uh, and, and I switched schools to study law and economics instead. And so when I switched schools, I kind of realized that I could change who I was. I didn't have to be this like horrible, shitty person. I could be a better dude. So I figured I would switch schools and, and be a relatively normal guy, uh, but that you know, I, I still had, I, I have really bad depression and social anxiety. And so I kind of like, you get rid of all those like fun things that people like, like drinking and doing drugs and throwing shit out windows. And then you're just kind of left with this, you know, like this, just this dude, uh, it's kind of nervous and, and, and kind of tired a lot and things like that. So I don't know. I figure like, fuck it, you know, I'm going to be spending a lot of time in bed anyway. So why don't I take advantage of my depression and kind of put my library card to good use and enter this like mental chrysalis uh, of, of a sort where I read like one or two books a week, which I still do now years later. Uh, and I hopefully become this better person by figuring out all the world's problems. And, and that sounds great because in the end of it, hopefully, you know, I know everything. But now I'm like two weeks away from being 30 and I'm this fucking guy who's like one of your uncle's crazy friends that's always telling you how much he knows about history and, and the <laughs> forest. And, and like logically, he'd be the best person to run a commune. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, and, and my so like every, God. Yeah. <laughs> 
every day I go off on these rants on Twitter or 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 uh, or, or Gchat to Ryan because Ryan messages me something and then every morning Ryan will message me something and it just I have an opinion about it so I just go crazy about it every single day I just vomit out a whole bunch of information that's that's not related to anything I said the previous day uh, everything's based off of like hours and hours of research uh, and it's like the only thing anyone needs to know when they vote for the commune leader uh, is that like if you're that guy don't vote for him uh, so so I'm not the the commune leader and and that's freaking me out because like our generation is fucking obsessed with becoming these like polymath raconteurs of where everyone knows how to do everything everyone knows all the issues of the day and like whenever there's a controversy on Twitter or anyone's getting upset about like whatever is going on everyone knows everything about it and everyone knows how to make coffee with a French press and they have complete mastery of sarcasm and all the social forms of social media and skinny jeans and, and there's me and I don't have any tattoos and I don't give a fuck about Lena Dunham so no one cares what I fucking have to say <laughs> but even i could read a million books and there's still no way anyone would give me a ted talk because nobody gives a shit like i don't i don't i don't get upset about it anymore but like i i can't even figure out my own love life so why is anyone going to elect me to like any position of power like i'm not the i'm not the commune leader like i'm not the ombudsman that's that's solving problems so that's, it, it, it bothers me, but like I, I don't know. I, I guess it would be nice to just have like a few misguided people that are like, "This guy has his shit together. We would we would elect him. He would be in charge of something." I'm like, yeah, right. I would vote for you. Feel good. I would vote for you absolutely. Your Twitter rants are my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, See, your Twitter, uh, your Twitter rants inspire me to put more effort into my own, which don't happen very often. But why? Why? Why what? Why listen to me? Because it's fun, it's good, and you have a lot of interesting insight. You have to also remember that I'm, I, you know, I, I don't read anywhere near as much, but I still love knowing things about things and why things happen and stupid, interesting facts about completely useless shit. Well, I mean, I think it comes down to it. Like, when you say something on Twitter, I don't question it. I just assume you know because I know that you do all that research and stuff like that. Where there will be other people that will would tweet something that would be the exact same thing you would say and I would be like, huh, maybe? Like, if I really am interested into it, I will look it up myself to verify. Or I just assume you know everything. So... <laughs> But that's that's the problem is I don't know everything and I and I say that a lot I I try to tell everybody that that that's my problem is that I've been I've been reading philosophy now for for a while and I, I mean I, it, it makes sense that we all sort of gravitate and try to find these uh, like a thought technologies that work for us to try to figure out how to get along in life and, and try how to get by uh, sort of in the same way that like humanity upgraded from the fist the club the arrow bullet you know you like that sort of arms race uh we kind of go with what delivers and we don't really question it like when there's new technology or new new stuff happens in our life you know like when you get an iphone it's just that's just that's a new that's a new baseline is when you have an iphone uh you don't you don't ever look back like there was someone today on twitter that was talking about like would you rather get shot in the arm or give up your uh smartphone for a year and and people are like oh you know i don't know like i could throw my phone in the trash right now for the rest of my life and not have a problem with anything whatsoever because <laughs> uh, i got books and i got shit going on and there's email and like i can there's wi-fi everywhere i don't fucking care i can bring my laptop like i can i can work around it it's just a piece of technology but people tend to adapt it at new baseline and then it becomes kind of a that that's a whole another conversation but yeah so <laughs> i don't know I, I just got so deep into philosophy uh, because I remember being younger and saying it was complete bullshit. Like it was the bullshit beginning of science. Uh, that really didn't mean anything. It was a bunch of dudes hanging around, tossing ideas, and they take the ones that make the most sense, kind of while they still at the same time sound like they're just a whole bunch of people saying shit and just acting 
crazy and whatever whatever makes everyone sound like they're high all the time. That's generally a philosophy. That's what I thought. Was. <laughs> so so yeah so. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's I, I, I studied that. I read that. I took an ethics class in college, and I hated it uh, because I convinced a whole bunch of people in the class that terrorism was a great idea and that they should definitely become terrorists. Uh, <laughs> like I said, I was a bad person in school. You're like, already a- on the watch list. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I, you have to worry about getting on the watch list because you're already there. <laughs> well, as an American, I'm already there. That's that's. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I, I discovered, I discovered all these different uh, philosophers. I found Jeremy Bentham, who is uh, great. And I mean, utilitarianism is, is main theory is utilitarianism. It's great. He deserves a lot of the credit for uh, welfare economics. Love welfare economics. Um, big fan of that. Um, but more importantly, do you know when he was twenty one years old, he made a will that said he wanted to be mummified when he died. <laughs> Not know that. Yeah, Bentham, okay, Bentham, it was mummified. They stuffed his clothing with straw and they made him into a statue of himself when he died. Because <laughs> his, sister, his sister's husband, I think it was his sister's husband, was a, was a uh, doctor or a chemist or something where they was capable of doing this. And so they mummified him. They decapitated him because his head wasn't, like, they, the head was going to decompose really weird. So they made a wax head, took, like, they ripped out his hair, put it in the wax head. Uh, and then eventually, uh, University College London uh, actually acquired his corpse. <laughs> and they put it on display in a glass case with a wax head. Uh, and they had the actual head there next to him uh, for fucking decades. Like, for fucking decades they had this. And then uh, they couldn't put the head there anymore because students kept, like, messing with it for pranks. <laughs> wow. Oh, and at college, uh, like, uh, the college council meetings, they'd bring, they'd prop up Bentham's corpse in the room and list him as present but not voting. Like, and I was just like, I got to learn more about philosophy. Like, fuck it. Like, this guy could teach me how to be a better person. Like, there's, there's got to be something here. Any dude who says, fuck this shit, I'm 21 years old, I want to be mummified when I die, and that happens, and then years later, his corpse is being propped up in some sort of council meeting somewhere? Like, I, there's got to be something I can learn from this dude. <laughs> like, that, at least hopefully it can kind of reduce, like, my, like, existential crisis-prone like uh a- attitude or like I'm, I'm i'm i freak out a lot that's like that's why i rant on twitter it's like my my exhaust valve sort of thing um <laughs> so are you freaking out that you're turning 30 because i mean i'm gonna be turning 30 in april so and i'm, I'm gonna make fun of colin for it <laughs> okay here's the thing i'm not freaking out because i'm turning 30 that actually doesn't matter to me because most people think i look 25 oh, what's okay. freaking what's freaking me out is that i've been studying philosophy for, and, and all of the – name a thing. Name a thing. I've been studying it for a while. <laughs> and I'm no closer to knowing fucking anything. But again, like you, you say you read like three books a week. How many books have you read in the past, like, say, 15 days? Uh, I, don't, I don't know actually. Because you've lost track or <laughs> – Well, because I – I, okay, certain things I don't pay attention to because I externalize them in stuff like Goodreads because I have a really bad memory as Fair we've enough. discussed time and time again. So I put it on Goodreads. Uh, this year, my goal is to read 400 books for the year. Holy so goodness. whatever the average is to read 400 books for the year. But that includes – That's more than a book a day. That, that includes comics though. That includes comics. And that's a okay. – that's I would say comics are probably 70% of that. So, But I think like even – like even if you were to say a hundred books a year, that's more than a lot of people read in their lives. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't. I would love to read more, but I'm a horribly slow reader, so I don't read. I read, you know, I read articles online and stuff, but I read much smaller pieces of content. I don't read much 
you know, long form stuff, books and things like that. I mean, if you were to include like graphic novels and stuff like that, then I'd probably average out to at least a book a week. Yeah, and I'm but, probably not even a dozen. Yeah. You know, but that's what it is. I mean But it was also my job for a year and a half to read a lot of books. That's fair. Right. So I'm I'm used to it and, and I guess the other thing too is I don't really have a whole lot of hobbies. <laughs> I don't really have hobbies. I'm single right now, so that's a big thing, too, is that when I'm dating someone, that number goes down a lot. Yeah, that makes sense. Fair enough. It usually turns to podcasts because podcasts are I, – I, I'm kind of a – I guess I'm a pretty hard person to date because I demand to listen to podcasts in the car wherever we go. So <laughs> – well, because you're wasting time. You're wasting time, guys. You're driving places and you're going to places and you're, you're not learning anything. Like, I, I don't know. I, I – like – I go to bed exhausted every single night, whether I'm exercising or whatever I'm doing. Like even when I don't exercise, like I go to ty- go to bed mentally tired every single day. But I'm still no closer to to having any idea of, of like what the hell. I like I don't know. Like, I'm no closer to having a code. And as we all know, every man must have a code. So, like that's that's what's freaking me about the whole thirty thing is that like people were dead at thirty years ago. Like that, like thirty was thirty is old, old age, That's man. Thirty's the new seventy-two. Yeah, seventy-two is the new seventy-two is the new thirty. Yeah, that's it's that is true. But if, if Adrian lived like way back when, he would have died when he was sixteen. Yeah, I, see, here's the thing: I'm not going to be worried about turning thirty because I already look thirty-five. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm twenty-three, and I. I get mistaken for somebody 10 years older all the time. I think it's because you're British. <sighs> it, that's part of it, but it's not. No, he has this like weird old man spirit and look going. That, <laughs> <laughs> For example, I'm wearing slippers right now. Yes, What's wrong with slippers? There's but, nothing wrong with slippers. But they're, they're like old man slippers. I mean, they're great. Don't get me wrong. They're comfortable <laughs> and they slip on and off easily. Um... But I do have a bit of an old man thing going on. He totally does. Yeah. But okay. But see, that's what I'm saying is, is that you at least okay. You're seven years ahead of me. You've read far less. Apparently, you're saying that like sticking by what we're talking about here. You say you've read far less than I, I've read in a, in. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But the thing is, is that you still have preferences and a general moral code that's really no better than mine. Like, okay, so for example, in, in a lot of times in philosophy, someone will introduce an idea and then everyone will shit all over that idea for decades because that's just the way it works. Like the idea of utilitarianism, like the Bentham thing, is the greatest good for the greatest amount. So like you want everyone to be ha- as happy as they possibly can and some people are just like the minority is not going to be happy sometimes because bad shit's going to happen to them because we're trying to do the best for everybody. Like for example, there's the train problem, uh, Philip Foot. Uh, the train problem. Uh, so what happens is that uh, you're on a bridge and you're overlooking this train uh, going crazy. Uh, uh, the conductors died, for example. Uh, conductors died on the train. Train is, is going down the tracks, barreling down the tracks. No one's in control of the train. And at the end of the tracks, you see there's five guys that will be run over by the train. And then on a separate track, a, a, a diversionary track, there's one guy standing there. And you have a ho- like a crank or a, or a lever in front of you that will allow you to divert the train from the five guys to the one guy. Is it your moral duty to divert the train to kill the one guy to save the five guys? 
Yes. That's a tough question, but yeah, I think probably given the situation. Keep that in mind. Here's the transplant problem. You, okay, you have a, a traveling hobo with no family, brain tumor, fucking healthiest organs ever. Like, he's, he's the healthiest hobo you've ever seen, all right? Walks into this clinic, and you're a doctor there at the clinic. And you figure out his brain's probably going to explode in a year or two. He's, he's, he's going to die. It's very sad. Uh, but it's very healthy hobo. And it just so happens in the rooms next door, you have five patients that just happen to need it, like a heart, uh, liver, kidneys, a lung, let's say, I don't know, what's the other thing you transplant? Pancreas. Let's say pancreas. I, I, guess, I don't know. I guess you need a pancreas. I've heard, of, I've heard of pancreas transplants. I'm assuming you need a pancreas transplant. It's probably a good sign that you read less philosophy, economics, and sociology, and way more about like, the basic human anatomy. But... <laughs> so so <laughs> yeah I, like i said i know the weirdest things like the, the thing i was arguing with ryan today it was about potlatch uh which i don't know if you guys you guys should know this because you're canadian well colin should know about potlatch but i don't yes. think you do trimble no i've never heard that before it's yeah uh it's some type of food isn't it no, no. potlatch is a gift-giving ceremony that right. was the natives the natives yes. in Canada came up with this idea that if you really want to like ball hard, like if you really want to show people how wealthy and like lavish your life is, what you do is you get this elaborate ceremony where you get this whole bunch of stuff and you're like, look at all this cool ass shit I have. And you just fucking destroy it <laughs> as a demonstration of how wealthy and generous you are. And it was so awesome that both of our countries made it illegal. <laughs> <laughs> but I have no idea what a pancreas does. So <laughs> So anyways, uh, with regards to the transplant problem, would you kill this homeless guy and harvest his organs in order to save other five other people? Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, yeah, you're right. Uh, could, can I give him the option? Yeah, you sure. Ask, you, ask the, you have to ask the hobo. Yeah. Sure, you can ask the hobo. Go nuts. I mean, that, if, that's, if that's the way you, you want to get out of this, but that means that you have a complicated moral code in that you don't really know what you would do. I mean, we make up these problems. We write books and blogs and op-ed pieces and all these things that dictate how we're supposed to act if something happens, and yet we really haven't gotten to the point where we can actually, accurately sort of predict – like what we're going to do when that happens. I mean, like even now we're just getting to the point where we can make educated guesses about what sort of shit people are going to buy. I mean, for a hundred years, like fucking 150 years, basically before now, the shit that you bought was either the best thing or the cheapest thing with the best jingle or was the only fucking thing they had in the store. And so like we, we have this, we're supposed to have this like short list of like hard, fast rules to sort of know how to live and, 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 and figure out like what we would do in case that hobo walked into our clinic. Um, but there's that saying like no plan survives first contact with the enemy. And, Yet we sort of just kind of live our lives like it kind of works like billions of people try to follow the Ten Commandments. There's like the five precepts in Buddhism. There's a, there's a fucking pirate's code. There's a pirate's code. There's laws for pirates. And the pirates are just like, yeah, like, there's, like you can't play like dice and cards for money. Uh, like bedtime is a strict eight. Uh, and if you if you don't want to go to bed, you have to go up on the deck and drink up on the deck. Uh, like, like, again, I know fucking I know about Archer fucking pirate has, laws. I, I, Archer has taught me so much about pirates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, a lot of that stuff is, is pretty spot on. Pirates have a lot of rules, dude. It's weird. Well, I mean, you think about it. Like, you live on a boat with a whole bunch of people. Like, you want to make some fucking rules. Like, no matter how, like, rowdy and crazy you think you are. Makes sense. Civilization always sort of wins out. Like, you always going to make some rules. Uh, yeah, but, like, these things have been around for, like, I mean, how Jesus has been around for a while. Moses has been around for quite a while. And, like, we still don't really know how to treat each other. 
like, I don't know. I mean, it, you, have to, you have to work really fucking hard to develop, like, a superior moral framework from philosophy and, and, and like, pick a book. Like, even when you're reading fiction, you're capable of, like, figuring out, like, oh, like, that character did something bad. This character did something good. I like this guy. You know, like, if you watch Game of Thrones, you're, you're, develop- you're changing your moral code as you watch Game of Thrones. You're updating things as that goes on. Because you're like, oh, well, I didn't, didn't think about that shit. Uh, oh, fuck. Well, now I got to focus, like, put dragons into this fucking, okay, here we go. Uh, oh, yeah, that's, that's what I would do if that person did that. Um, I don't know. Like, we've got, like, 80 years of being here. And uh-huh. the universe is gonna keep going on and on and on. Like we're, like I, like I'm thir- I'm gonna be thirty. Uh, so like presumably like fifty years left. And I know that like that's not gonna matter. Like I'm gonna die, and they're gonna like do whatever with my corpse because I don't care. Uh, and then the universe goes on and on. And and yet like we don't know how to act when some guy plays Iggy Azalea at three a.m. like across the hall from our apartment. You know, you just don't really know like well, what to say to that dance, dude. But that's I was gonna say you dance is what you do <laughs> at three a.m. <laughs> you said you had a, you had an old man sensibility. <laughs> that's true. I would be pretty pissed off. Yeah. So and that's 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 my deal. I don't know. That's my thing. Is well, I don't do you, know. Do like, you think that you're an immoral person? I don't know, because I think I think that morality is based on your actions. I think that based on the actions I've taken, I'm like a hard neutral, because I'm really not doing anything bad, but I'm really not doing anything that good either. Okay, well that's pretty good. I would say that's better than most people. I was gonna say I think neutral is probably better than a lot of people. Well, because it, it's hard to know because you really don't know. Like, I, like okay, I I have a phone and i have a computer and i have all of these things and in order to make all these things there has to be a factory somewhere of fucking people that are chained to a table that are making these things because no one would there's no way in hell like i bought my computer for like 700 bucks i think there's no way in fucking hell that for 700 dollars this computer should exist like there's it's insane the only reason this is so cheap is cuz somewhere like somewhere there's a factory full of people that are fucking miserable and and I know that because I can fucking I studied it in college. <laughs> like I can tell you, like any anything that's kept artificially low in prices, like even you guys in Canada, your your power is subsidized by the government, so that poor people can afford power in Canada. Right. Um, well, um, we have yeah, like Manitoba has state, like the province owns the hydro, like the electric company. So yeah, basically. We have yeah. some of the cheapest power in North America. We have some of the cheapest power in the world. That's true. Yes. That's true. Yeah. It's so cheap. My my electric bill last month was like thirteen dollars. That's insane. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's <laughs> absolutely insane. But that's but that's the way that's the decision you guys have made as right, a culture, but, as a as a you know. Yeah. Right. But so okay, so it's okay to subsidize power because it pays for heat and you know, you kinda need heat to survive, especially in Canada in the middle of winter. Yes. So, by the extension, is it not okay to subsidize healthcare or whatever because that keeps people alive? Yes, I think the obviously for most of these things, I'm going to say that I believe in everything because I believe in a welfare state and so on and so forth. I'm a socialist, so that's just the like I'm I'm way way like this, this is a reason I don't like America because I'm supposed <laughs> to be, I'm supposed to be Canadian. I was supposed to be Canadian or probably Swedish. I'm supposed to be Swedish. That was the, that was the thing. So my ancestors got it fucking wrong. They they left Sweden, they came here, and then they're just like, yeah, America. And I'm like, no, man, they got it wrong over here. People are people are yelling about it. people. Everyone everyone in America thinks that welfare is a bad thing because they don't understand welfare means. Because uh, because that, that, that basically 
what you're saying about the power in Canada is is essentially welfare. Anytime the government steps in and says you guys shouldn't have to pay that much, we're gonna, you know, subsidize yeah. it in some way. Someone's fucking paying for it. Like the like you can't just make energy out of nowhere. So you have to pay for it somehow. It's just that the people pay through by the way of taxes, and right. the more people that can afford to pay taxes, pay more taxes, and they subsidize it for everybody else. Welfare. So it's not wrong. I'm all for it, but. Yeah, I had to read a book to figure this out. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I just got to keep reading books until like I don't I don't know. It's like how, how I don't I don't understand. I've lost track. Like I, in my in my journey to become commune leader, I've lost touch with my constituent my potential constituents in the commune, <laughs> and that's a big problem because uh, I don't you know. No one's elected. I'm not a thought leader or anything. I got I got nothing out of the deal. Like I'm just I'm out in the middle of no. I'm out in this fucking field somewhere. Yeah, but, but think about it. None of the thought leaders are thirty. They're all like fifty or something. So you've got a long time. That's true. That's true. To develop this, just keep reading. But I don't know if I want to be. That's, that's I've sort of decided I'm not. I'm decided I'm going to be ignorant because I think that I'm going to start scaling the shit back. Because yeah, that's right. Yeah, I saw your tweet about that yesterday. <laughs> yeah. or whatever it was. Is yes. that actually true, or are you just being hyperbolic? I I am actually going to stop. I have two more books to read, and then I'm going to stop reading philosophy for as long as I can. Okay. And I'm going to try to not focus on that. I'm going to try to just be a dude. And and be a person, and and try to watch some how it works videos. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have a factory somewhere where they build moral codes and they they figure out morality? <laughs> no, but I watched one the other day about how they make Pringles. And I just <laughs> you just feel better about yourself when you watch that video because you're like I could I could make my own Pringles factory now. Pretty much, I got all yeah. I, I, yeah. I, it, it worries me that it only takes them 20 minutes to make a, 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 a tube of Pringles. Why? B- because that just doesn't seem right. Why? You know, because it's food. Like, I made curry this evening. It took me an hour. You know, it just it should take a bit longer. But if you made if you made curry every single night, I, I know that I'm being a devil's advocate here. But if you made curry every single night, you'd be able to shave a lot of time off that because you'd prepare things in advance. You'd have machines that would do it for you. You'd have your curry canning machine that would that would do it. like that's that's why it's just yeah. because it's years and years and years of of iteration in order to make that happen. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. Also, because if you think about it, if if you can shave a quarter of a cent off the cost of making every single can of Pringles, that builds up over time to the point of where your shareholders see a massive benefit for that, and then your stock goes up, and you do better, and your company gets to go on and make more Pringles, and the whatever the second... What, I, don't, I don't know. There's really no competitors for Pringles, because no one really thinks like... If I'm completely honest, I think that the factory was making like knockoff Pringles for like the ones that you see in dollar stores and stuff. There are knockoff Pringles in dollar stores? There is. There are here. I don't know about that. Yeah. There's, there's oh, I'm ha- sure there are, yeah. There are, like, the bent chips that stack in a tube, but they're not is, is that what you're buying in a dollar store when you're so happy about buying things at the dollar store? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I went to the dollar store uh, the other day and I bought uh, a carving knife, uh, two squeezy bottle things for the kitchen, and um, something else. I, I buy a lot of kitchen shit at the dollar store for some reason. I he, defend your what? Sorry, go ahead. He just loves the dollars. I do. It's I ridiculous. Really love the dollars. How excited he gets! 
Yeah, I was going to say that it. I defend his right to be happy about going to the dollar store because I'm actually convinced that a lot of the stuff you're buying at the dollar store is not marginally worse than the stuff that you'd be buying at other stores. The quality is appropriate. I the, feel. But well, the quality is it varies from it's item variable. Item. That's like yeah, okay. I, you know. Well, yeah. I have bought some dollar store items that are not worth the fact that they're you know 100 percent cheaper than something that's more expensive. Sure. But then I've bought other dollar store items where I think, okay, I could have paid ten dollars for this and I'd be completely happy with it. That's but that I think that that does it average out over time. Mm, good point. Yeah. Is your happiness warranted? Is the question I'm asking. See, this is the problem. Everything, everything in my life. This is how I pro- this is how I approach it. You're living inside my mind for a second here. <laughs> is your is your happiness warranted? Or and here's the other here's the other possibility, and that's totally fine as well. Maybe you just get a like a buzz. Like you, maybe you're just happy about going to the dollar store. Maybe it's not related to the shit you're buying at the dollar store. Maybe it's just something about that trip. I like think- I like I like riding in the car. I think and you're right. I think you're right because I I get to the end of it and I'm like I pay fifteen dollars and I have a humongous bag of things. You know, it feels good. I, I didn't spend any money and I have so much shit. And then after a month, you have to throw half that stuff out. Yeah, no, it absolutely averages out to the point where it's probably about value. But you know, the thing you say about morality and stuff is interesting too because I know that half the shit that I'm buying probably has lead in it. <laughs> was probably made by eight-year-old children in some horrible fact. Like you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, yeah. You're driving on the march of consumerism. I totally understand. <laughs> but at the same, but at the same time, you could also make the argument if you had sort of a really weird approach to morality, like I do. You could be saying, "Well, those kids are." Those okay. Let's just say it's not kids, just for the sake of saying it, because I feel like I feel like other normal people are going to hear this and they're going to be like, "You support kids making fucking knockoff knives in a factory?" We were, we were talking about child labor in uh, my international management class today because uh, we had an exam last week and we got the exam back. And one of the questions was about uh, a certain law on uh, child labor, and so I guess a few people in the class had not remembered what was going on and had said that this law supported child labor and the <laughs> the prof was like what's wrong with you you know think about this common sense like nobody's going to support child labor what the hell <laughs> right now on pub chat i'm going to support child labor those kids have a job and they're making money based on and and based on the fact that you're buying that in canada and it's probably made in i'm gonna say china just it because is. it is yeah. made in china or yeah yeah it, it is so so in china that kid is making maybe enough money to bring home to his family in order to eat so you're saving that kid's life by way of buying that dollar store yeah but the uh, the counter argument the the counter argument to that though is that because you know the eight-year-old kid is working for 20 cents an hour his dad can't go and work for 50 cents an hour yes that's very true but at the same time wages are very sticky so that's kind of a fucked up situation no matter how you look at it well, there's 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 nothing you can do about it. That's like that. That's the thing is I could I could I could read a million books and there's still nothing. Ryan makes fun of me all the time because there's nothing I can do about any of this shit. I I know so much about the world and and Ryan is convinced that until I become like a South American dictator, none of this shit's gonna fucking matter. And he's one hundred percent right. And until, until I run the commune, until I get my like like uh, like st- my stan or my South American uh, like despot country uh, that I can despot situation that I can have. Um, 
there's really nothing I can do about this. Like, like knowing about the interest rate, there's absolutely no reason why I should know about how the interest rate works. It's absolutely fucking useless information to me. I think there's... Joey should move to Winnipeg so he can be our next mayor. I feel like that would be a great idea. Can you move to Winnipeg? What? Oh. Is, what's what's going on with your mayor? Because I keep seeing you guys, like everyone in Winnipeg's tweeting about that, like like broken roads and and like problems and we we have our election on the twenty second, um, and basically. There's not a single, can- in my opinion, candidate that deserves to be voted for. Yeah, they're they're all kind of shit, really. Because some of them have some pretty good ideas, but none of them are. Yeah, they're they're, they're all kind of terrible. Here's the problem with electing me as your mayor. <laughs> Besides the fact that I'm American, and they probably wouldn't vote for me because I'm American, simply because I'm saying all this stuff outside of a position of power. And that is a consi- – I think the fucking mayor of Winnipeg, that's a considerable position of power there. Like, I have fucking sway. I can make shit happen. No? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah to bit. a point. That's the thing, though, is, you know, it's, it's little things that piss me off. Like, there's mayors making promises um, that they're going to get a share of the provincial tax increase. Well, then you have to convince the province to give them more money, which is not going to happen. Yeah, they're making promises that they don't have control over. They're, they're making promises them. that they know that they can't keep. Oh, I would never do that. I would only make promises I know I could deliver on, and I would deliver on them as promptly as possible. But and, then have, and then we have other we have other candidates making promises to not do anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't. True. I can't promise that. Yeah. Like yeah. There, there, there was there's okay. One of the the main kind of intersections downtown Winnipeg is Portage and Main. And it's it's closed to pedestrians. You have to go through like an underpass to get to the other side of the street. Um, and it, it's been that way for four years because there's a contract with the people that run the like concourse under the ground and blah blah blah. And you know a lot of people want it to be open because it's good for the vibrancy of downtown and increases foot traffic and, and it's good for business and blah blah blah. It, it's a it's a good thing. Um, but of course, you know all the suburbanite idiots are kind of annoyed about this because they think it's going to make their commute longer. Okay. Um, because I have to wait for pedestrians. So one of the mayoral candidates held a press conference at this intersection to say that he's not going to change it <laughs> if he gets voted as mayor. Like he's calling a press conference to say he's going to do nothing. Yeah. See, I don't. I yeah. No, I couldn't. I couldn't do that. <laughs> I might say. I, well, yeah, see, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know how to, how I feel about lying to the public. Because <laughs> I I want to lie because I know what I do. I like I I thought about this. Fucking hours and hours of my life fucking devoted to thinking like, wait, what if I became mayor? What if I became president? What if I became like, what if all of a sudden I woke up and all I was in that position of power? What if I was that thought leader all of a sudden? It would be a fucking disaster because I would do everything that you guys want me to do. I'd, I'd, I'd fucking fulfill all the promises I made and I'd, I'd do all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I would be experimenting on every single citizen of Winnipeg. I would, I would make sure that, okay, you have a crosswalk problem. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to A-B test that shit. We're going to fucking, we're going to mess with people. We're going to figure out yes. how, what people actually want. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's, I, cause I, outside of a position of power, I'm very ethical. Like I'm a, uh, if you want to really break down my moral code, I am, I, I do have a superior moral code to most people, but at the same time, that's because I don't do anything. I have a very, like my job is very basic. Like I'm a web developer. Like and I really don't. Like, I sit at a desk all day. There's very few people I can hurt. Like, like the worst I could do is, like, throw coffee in someone's face. Like, that's, like, there's really not, nothing much I could really do. But you put me in a position of power, and, ah, oh, I could fucking mess with people. 
I'm bringing back Polatch, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone will be doing that shit in strip clubs. No more making it rain. Polatch. Polatch is a new way to go. You I bring really all your want shit Joey to run from air just so, just so his slogan could be Joey from air, potlatch bitch. <laughs> there you go. No, but I, the thing, okay, I, I the okay, but the A-B testing thing, that's good. That's a good idea. Yeah. But no, but it's terrible because the B grade, at the same time, okay, it's a good idea to do if you're testing like the color of an icon or if you're or if you're trying to figure out what converts better on a website. Yeah. But at, at the same time, if you're using that with actual people like what Facebook did, you're probably being evil. Okay, like, but that's okay. Yeah, but, but that's okay. That's fine. That's fair. But what if you're doing that with, um, I don't know, like the the traffic like synchronizing on a, a certain street or in a certain neighborhood or something like that? But why would you – my question is why would you stop? Because I would do that. I would fucking A-B test everything. I would be I would be making sure that everything in Winnipeg was running as efficiently and properly as possible based on what my constituents wanted because that's my job as mayor. I was supposed to do what my constituents want. But at the same time, A, constituents don't always want good things. And B, there's a pretty good chance I'm going to find something that – technically is what you want or technically it's acceptable and it's possibly really illegal and i'm going to go through with it because i got that kind of time and i'm in that position of power and like for example there's some sort of technological solution to your traffic problem to your to to your crosswalk problem there yes, is sure. without absolutely without a doubt might be tubes i don't know might be tubes i have i have no idea I, I'm not there, and I haven't surveyed the situation myself. I don't. I don't know what this crosswalk really. I don't know what the situation. It's ba- basically somebody compared it to said, "Why can't we have Portage and Main open because Times Square is open to to traffic?" And yeah, it, I mean it's a busy like it's what four lanes in each direction. Yeah, it's it's the like one of the busiest intersections in Winnipeg. Like it's but our the reality floor. is Winnipeg isn't that big of a city. There's busier intersections yeah. in the world that have pedestrians oh, for sure. crossing them. Sure. So what you're saying is we just got to open everything and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. I, you know what? It's just it's Winnipeg is in there. They're very scared of progress. Yeah. And, and to be fair, like, I'm not in the camp that we should open it up to pedestrians. I'm not against it. It's because you live in St. James. No, it's not that. It's because I think there's <laughs> bigger problems that we should deal with before we should figure out if we should open up Portage in Maine. Right. Like, we need to finish all the construction we've started in the past six months before starting more construction. Right. Like, that's my issue with it. Okay. But this sounds like day one, hour one type shit. Like, I need, like, hour two. Like, that's, this is the problem. Like, I'm going to solve these problems. I'm a very competent guy. I'm going to solve <laughs> these problems. We're going to rip through these problems pretty quickly. And, like, by, like, like day 100, shit's going to start happening around town. It's going to start getting kind of night veil up in, up in Winnipeg every once in a while. <laughs> like, I really, really want to be able to vote for Joey. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian will get his citizenship if you run for mayor. Yeah, I. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get my citizenship because I qualify. I just have to fill out the paperwork, and then um, we can elope because um, this is Canada, and you can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm okay then, with that. And then that means you can get Canadian citizenship, and then you can run for mayor. I'm all for it. And Pub Chat will 100% endorse Joey Hefflick as mayor of Winnipeg. Yeah. So I, I already have two advisors, and I'm endorsed already. And yeah. I have a husband? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you bring that up, because I was actually telling Ryan. Ryan keeps yelling at me to update my passport, because my passport's way out of date. Um, 
Two that no, it's only a year. Yeah, I'm only a year out of date of my passport. That Whatever. Still means but, you can't travel with it. Yeah, I know. Whether yeah. it's so, a year or a day or ten yeah, years. <laughs> exactly. It's at, it's at a date. That's the part that matters. And I was trying to figure out if it was easier for me to marry someone in Toronto or to update my passport. And <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I think it's easier for me to update my passport, so I'm going to be getting married. So, but to me, to, in my mind, those two things are equal. I don't see a, if, if it was if it was easier for me to get married to a Canadian person, specifically someone in Toronto, because that seems like the best possible situation for me based on where I am geographically. And I like Toronto; it's a good city. Yeah. So you know, like, I, like if I'm going to get married, I'll marry someone in the city that I want to be in. Uh, Montreal seems too far, so I, that's why I'm married. I can't marry Ryan; he's too far away. Well, plus French. Um, I don't really have a problem with that. I have more of a problem with the fact that they're really anti-air conditioning in Montreal. Is that so? so? I haven't been there, but I didn't realize that was a thing. It. Uh, I, 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 I am now literally less enthused about going there because of that. <laughs> <laughs> Jury's out. Ryan Ryan says that everyone tends to be very open air in, in a very French way. Uh, like that's that's yeah, sort of the way. But the thing is, that's so. fine in the climate of France, where it's kind of twenty-ish degrees. Yeah, but it's warm here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was just thirty a lot for Ryan, and he popped on the AC. Uh, but he had to turn it off when we were recording in our boyfriends. <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's what happens when we're yeah. We have the same chat, problem so. with pop chat. Yeah, because okay. it gets hot as fucking here. But I have to turn the AC up for uh, for this, which sucks. But wait, you guys are running the AC now? No, not now. Yeah, I didn't think so. I say it's got to be like what, like fifteen there now. Uh, it was 18 today. Yeah, we got pretty warm. It got pretty warm today. It was nice. Ooh. But it, it, nice. it'll get nice and cold in the next week or two. Let's hope not. No, it won't. It's going to be lovely for all of winter. <laughs> yeah. If that's if that's the case, I'm going to be boiling alive here. So I kind of <laughs> prefer that not be the case, but at the same time, I like things that are interesting. So... <laughs> um, okay, there's one thing we haven't talked about yet, and that's cheese. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, and I, I want to talk about cheese because I like cheese. I love cheese. And I don't Who really, doesn't like cheese? I don't have anything specific to say about it, um, other than that I like it. <laughs> That's Adrian's. I like cheese. And I'm done. That's it. <laughs> so, Adrian, what is your favorite type of My cheese? My favorite type of, of cheese is blue cheese. Specifically Stilton, because it's a little bit more bitter. Okay. Ooh. That's fair. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a big Gouda fan myself. Okay, good. So, yeah. Interesting. What about yourself, Joey? I don't know because Americans don't really have access to a lot of good cheeses. We tend to get. I mean, okay, I should back that up a little bit because someone's going to yell at me for saying that. We we do have access to a lot of good cheeses in the same way we have access to a lot of good beers. But if you go to a bar around here, chances are you're not going to get Green Flash Double Stout. You're going to get, you know, the popular beers, which are by and large kind of shit. So, like, even when you order a hamburger here in America, or even a cheeseburger, you order a cheeseburger, you get cheese. So, you order a cheeseburger, you get American cheese. And you guys don't even have American cheese in Canada, do you? We do. It's just called cheese slices. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's exactly how they taste. Just like, this is barely food, mostly chemicals, a whole lot of yellow. I, I don't eat cheese slices. Because yeah, they are disgusting. I also, yes. don't, I also don't eat orange cheddar. Really? Yeah, because it's not supposed to be fucking orange. It's supposed to be white. white. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who? I had an argument with someone years ago because they thought 
that all cheddar cheese was <laughs> orange and all mozza was white. So that marble cheese was apparently a mix of mozza and cheddar. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> I love it when he talks about this because he gets so riled up about it. He has the right to be. He no, has I get it. I get why he gets riled up. But, but also, so orange funny. cheese, first of all, why is it orange? It doesn't come out of the cow like that. And second of all, why would you prefer it to be orange? It doesn't melt properly. It goes all weird and like plasticky and goopy. And, you know, I don't like luminescent food. I'm sorry. <laughs> Adrian, right now I'm going to be the Joey to your Ryan. Ryan <laughs> asks me these questions all the time about how the hell Americans put up with this stuff or how the hell they figure these things out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's because we don't know that cheese comes from cows in America. That's why. Or that bacon he, comes from pigs. We have, or that bacon comes from pigs. We have so divorced food from where it starts in America that people have no fucking clue what color anything is supposed to be, or what taste anything is supposed to be, or what shape anything is supposed to be. Most people in America assume that chickens are in dinosaur shapes because that's what the nuggets come in they have no fucking clue (laughs) (laughs) it's almost as bad here i mean to the point that i can't buy white cheddar cheese in a lot of places what you i mean there's less steps to make it (laughs) i know it's ridiculous for cheddar you're right if i if i go to superstore you most of the time i can buy marble cheese but i can't get white cheddar Occasionally, they have extra old, but straight plain white cheddar. I have not seen at Superstore for no. a long time. You no, know, if you're going to go to a regular grocery store, you're not going to find white cheddar at all. Yeah, but I mean, if you go to a place that sells, yeah, if you go to a place that sells cheese, you can sells absolutely, cheese. yeah, yeah, totally. But you know, I should be able to get white fucking cheddar cheese at the, at the supermarket. Yeah, I know. It's one of those things that we've all been brainwashed to. Yeah, to. The other problem with cheese in Canada, and this is pro- probably this is probably what makes it worse than than the states, is that the the whole dairy market is price controlled. So yes, um, milk and cheese are also cheese is extremely expensive, and there's huge restrictions on importing cheese and how much you can sell it for and who can sell it and blah blah blah. So we don't get much imported cheese, and the imported cheese that we do do get is really fucking expensive. Yep. and. Uh, we also don't get any cheese made with raw milk. That's true. Wow. Because raw milk is illegal to be sold. We, we do have price ceilings to an extent on milk products in America, but mm. I don't think anywhere near to the, to the level that you guys have it in Canada. Well, it's not only price, price ceilings, but price floors as well, because it, it, they're designed to ensure that farmers get you know, like a fair market price or whatever for, their, for what they produce. But the end end result of that is that you know a pound of cheese costs six or seven dollars, and so does a pound of butter. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> it kind of sucks because those are really good things. <laughs> I was ab- I was about to tell an anecdote about someone I know who would drive into America to buy pounds of butter, but I'm not going to say that because I believe <laughs> that's illegal to do. So um, I'm going to let your intern not cut that out. I. You know, I I know a few people that drive like they'll go they'll go down to the states for the weekend or whatever and buy a bunch of shit and they'll buy pounds and pounds of cheese and some butter. Yeah, because it's, it's do, do they at least like share when they get back? They come back and they have like a massive like wine and cheese party. No, they just not normally. A lot of people freeze it. It's true, actually. You freeze your cheese. I don't. I don't know. But no, yeah, I would I, never freeze yeah. cheese. 
Well, I mean, but, I think when you go buy, you go down and you buy twenty pounds of cheese. Yeah, like, are you going to eat that cheese before it goes bad? Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it depends on what kind of cheese that you that you buy. I mean, if you buy like one of those big wheels of cheese, like the, like the Samuel Peps, like big wheel of cheese that you bury in your yard when your house is about to get burned down, that <laughs> it's a thing. <laughs> I think those last for quite a while, don't they? I, I have no idea. I've I mean, they do. Wheel of cheese. I, they do last quite long, but it, I still think it's if you p- pick up six wheels, are they all going to last? Yeah, have you seen <laughs> Canadians shopping across the border? They get a bit insane. It's true because I mean, I mean, we get insane with beer, but nothing else. You know okay. what though? Like when when you let me loose in like Super Target and Grand Forks. And like I'm, I'm st- like stocking up on beef jerky and mustards and <laughs> like cereal and stuff like that. I buy way more than I should. I don't need 15 packs of beef jerky. You buy that much? Sometimes. Yeah, but beef jerky has a really long expiration. Like it, it's a no, while until it no, expires. It does. It Plus, does. it's beef jerky. You're going to eat 15 packs in about a week. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, like things like when it comes to like barbecue sauces and like mustards and stuff like that, you, our selection is absolutely terrible here. That's why and, you make barbecue sauce. Wow, and you're right. You're right. I make it most of the time. But when I go down there and there's like barrel aged versions of barbecue sauces and like they have like literally a, an entire row devoted to it. We have like one shelf. That's true. So I go a little nuts. Yeah, there's there's some weird things that you can't get here. I'm I'm kind of amazed that you didn't stop him short and say he doesn't need barbecue sauce because he has brown sauce. That's a good <laughs> fucking point. I love brown sauce. Holy shit! Who doesn't love brown That's sauce? A good point. Yeah. I actually need to buy some brown sauce. I need to put that on the shopping list. <laughs> we actually have to we have to go to special stores here to get brown sauce because it's imported. Really? No one makes brown sauce here in the states. I am pretty sure that the HP sauce sold here is made in Canada. That. He probably said, is probably on. yeah. He said made in the states. I'm going to the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I'm going to the fridge. <laughs> well, while while he's checking the fridge, I will say that I'll go with the standard American reply and say that my favorite cheese is pepper jack. So because that's jack that's cheese. like the okay. yeah pepper jack is probably the most American thing I could say short of mozzarella. So that's fair. Yeah, because I I I would say I don't know mozzarella is good. I like mozzarella, but. Yeah, this HP sauce is manufactured in Canada. But you would does they where does America import it from? Canada probably. Probably Canada, but I don't Okay, hold on Colin. I don't know because <laughs> it's also possible that they import it directly from England because it might be cheaper to ship it from England to here than it is to ship it from Canada to here. How does that make sense? Because of shipping crates. Don't make me explain this. Dear God, don't make me explain this. I have read three books about the development of the shipping industry and how the shipping crate now rules everything in preparation for a podcast that was never done. So, <laughs> Okay, you have a minute. <laughs> okay, basic, basically, uh, there are these massive, massive ships that have lots and lots of shipping containers. And based on the fact that you just have so much volume... And it costs so little to make a ship go over the course of all that. All, all, if you take all the fucking containers and break it down by container, ships take very little energy to run. 
compared to what it would take shipping it from Canada down to here would take trucks and trucks are shipping stuff over land is way way more expensive than shipping stuff over the ocean so if you can ship it from a port in England to a port say like uh, here in New Jersey a port in Newark in, in New Jersey uh, you could probably get it so that it was cheaper to do that yeah it's probably it's probably cheaper it's probably cheaper to send it directly from from fucking somewhere in England to port of Newark than it is to send it from down from Canada because you'd have to ship it into a Canadian port and then truck it down a right, lot of times right. yeah but yeah. you you still have to once you get it to Newark you still have to ship it all over the US and you also have to take into account NAFTA I I am taking into account NAFTA uh, it's still probably cheaper. Uh, I, like I highly recommend that anyone who has like any amount of free time go to Alibaba and see how like like figure out what your favorite thing is and then go to Alibaba and then figure out how to buy a shipping shipping crate of it and you'll be just fucking amazed at how cheap you can get your favorite thing <laughs> if you buy it by the shipping container. If you buy a shitload uh, of it. Yeah, yeah, but and see the thing is, is that like over time, I can guarantee that there's going to be certain people that are going to say like, "Fuck it, I totally want to do that," because like, especially considering that there's, I know lots of people that already around here uh, buy cows and buy buy things like that. They, they, they buy they they group together with like sixteen other people and they buy a cow. Or they or they group together and they buy like uh, you know uh, uh, there's like the share the sharing thing with farmers uh, where you can like buy a farmer's output and then share it with your like 16 to 17 other friends or whatever uh, right. and you all get fresh you all get fresh fruits and vegetable vegetables and things like that and yeah so uh, so yeah you can buy a shipping center of it and it's probably cheap and uh, yeah shipping containers they're fucking amazing technology the shipping container has done way more to change the, the world than than like a lot of things that people think about like the, the main thing in the in 20th century it's like uh fucking washing machine washing and dryer shipping container and the internet uh and and the car was before that the car was 19th century so um yeah like we yeah people never think shipping container and they certainly don't ever think dry washer dryer but washer dryer is a big thing that's um, true actually it is, it is. I've done the research. <laughs> well, I think we've touched on politics, economics, and cheese like we planned. Yeah. We did. So I think we, we should maybe wrap this up. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so Adrian, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Adrian Trimble uh, on Twitter and Instagram. And um, you can also find us at Pub Chat Podcast. That is correct. And Joey, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me at Twitter. Uh, it's at Joey Heflick, H-E-F-L-I-C-H. And you can find me at Internet Boyfriends, which is my usual podcast with Ryan Kloss at internetboyfriends.net. Oh, and – whoops. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say I, I had a note written down, which is that from last episode, you guys were talking about buying domain names when you're drunk. And <laughs> mine is kingpiss.com. Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Kingpiss.com. Nice. Oh. Yep. It has a website. It's a thing. I haven't built one for mine. I really need to do that. You should. When I have some time. Oh, definitely yeah. do. It's, I it's, think it's, 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 it's up for renewal soon. <laughs> oh, I, I hate that. I hate that when it comes up for renewal and I got to oh. make that decision of like, do I really want to get rid of this? I'm just going to get drunk on the renewal date. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> what were we going to say, Colin? What was your thing that I ran over? Oh, I was going to say, and everybody should listen to Internet Boyfriends because it's a fantastic Aww, podcast. It is great. Thank you. It's literally, I used to listen to 30 podcasts a month at least, and I've cut that down to about four, and Internet wow. Boyfriends has made that cut. 
holy shit well <laughs> well we never update so that's no there's been a couple recently by who costco hot dogs <laughs> oh yeah that's right yeah. <laughs> that wasn't that was like two weeks ago not even well we're recording tomorrow so you'll get more this week or next week so. <laughs> and i guess you can find me on twitter at senquist and instagram and untapped and all that stuff so yeah well thanks for being on joey it was great having you on Thanks for having me on, guys. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And tune in in two weeks for the next episode.